Hello. And welcome to Pop Tarts. Baby, meow, Sir, are you currently being inhabited by an evil prince? Not, I got a float, girl. A ballet of murder? I'll just go fuck in the middle of the take. I called my mother. <laughs> Many of us have never lived in a world without days of our lives. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watt. We are both editors of Bust Magazine in Brooklyn, New York. We love talking to each other about pop culture. We love talking to you about pop culture. And today, our guest is one of the young stars of the world's most iconic soap opera. (laughs) Days of Our Lives has been running five days a week on NBC since 1965. Sands through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives, Kelly. <laughs> and Victoria Conifal yes. uh, joined the cast in 2017 as Sierra Brady, mm-hmm. the strong-willed daughter of the show's power couple, Bo and Hope. The show recently won Outstanding Drama Series at the 45th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards, and Victoria was nominated for a Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Younger Actress in a Drama Series. Yes. Mazel tov. Thank you. She has been voted number one soap actress multiple times in polls conducted by TV Source magazine. We can't wait to get her perspective on the truly woman-centric world of soap operas. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is a thrill. It absolutely <laughs> is. I watched so much Days of Our Lives in the 1980s. No way. Like It's literally probably the only thing that I was an aficionado of. Okay. I'll tell you that my very, very, very favorite storyline ever in Days of Our Lives I already know what this happened. Be. I feel like I might know it too. Probably guess. before what do you, think you were be? born. Tell I'm me, gonna tell guess, me what you think it is. I think it's the Marlena gets possessed by the demon. <laughs> that was totally what I was going to guess <laughs> too. You don't that's even like know me, but I'm wearing craziest. kind of a goth sweater, so I gave it away. But Within Marlena getting possessed by the demon, it's specifically when she turned into a panther and started mauling people. Within said possession. Because she was possessed for a good long time. When Marlena turned into a panther, it gave me life. And I'm still living that life today. I need to watch those episodes because I didn't even know that happened. Go back. I will. so worth it. I will. (sighs) But before we get into that, and our most favorite moments. I need to know more about you. I know that you attended the prestigious LaGuardia High School for Performing Arts here in New York City. Is it like fame? Were you like doing barrel rolls over the hoods of taxi cabs and stuff like that? It truly is. I feel like they based the show and the movie off of my school. They Um, did? It wasn't like every day we were, you know, cartwheeling into the lunchroom, but during, you know, the holidays, they would run around with a band and and come to all of our classes and just drum roll a little bit. Um, It it was, yeah, and and we prioritized the the creative side of everything. Like, it's unlike any high school I've ever seen or heard about. Um, I'm I'm truly blessed to be there because they, they prioritized us becoming who we were as human beings and they and they respected our individualism as opposed to like you're in this machine you are to take this test and do this and yada yada yes we you know um cared about the academic portion of it but not not really <laughs> <laughs> did anyone at any point tell you that fame cost and that's where you start paying in sweat 
<laughs> not in no not in <laughs> high school not not until i, I went i got to hollywood them. and uh th- that's when i started hearing that but expression. you're from brooklyn right yes, like I you're am. from here from born and raised y'all is it when you talk about these streets like is it tougher on these streets here or in los angeles ah that's a tricky one i feel like it's a different kind of toughness. It's a different kind of toughness. Out here it's 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 grittier and it's it's a it's a toughness that forces you to be the best version of yourself. Whereas in LA the tough part is uh, everyone telling you to be like everyone else. Ah. So that that's what what I find the differences between New York and LA. Um I moved out of New York when I had just turned 19. So I didn't have a lot of time auditioning here. Um I grew up doing musical theater actually in Brooklyn Heights. I was in a off-Broadway theater production company called Brooklyn Heights Players and I was with them for 7 years and then, you know, I studied drama in middle school and then in in high school and then I did the whole college thing for a semester but then I was like, ah, I'm I'm not feeling it. I'd rather I'd rather pursue my dream and, get right and in it. yeah, get get to to where I want to be because I thought to myself, well, after I graduate college, you know, with two hundred thousand dollars of debt and whatever degree mm-hmm. I end up deciding, I'm going to move to L.A. waitress and and become an actress. That's what I want to do, um, regardless of of where college would have taken me. So, you know, college is school is something that I can always revisit, but. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't revisit being a 19 year old wanting to be an actress, you know, so I uh, I went and I did it and I haven't really had time to experience the grit of being in New York and auditioning in New York. And, mm-hmm. and I hope that I can very soon. Well, tell me about your journey from being yes. a recent high school grad <laughs> to being in Salem with all those reprobates (laughs) how did it happen (laughs) that was a a a flip-flop yeah um i so you know i'm I'm very blessed to have gone to the high school that i went to at the end of senior year we had this uh thing called senior showcase where we prepare a monologue and a bunch of agents come by and they scout us and i was scouted and it was that agent who got me my days of our lives audition oh wow yeah yeah um i was with them for about a year and a half two years before i booked the show and uh, i had done a couple of lifetime movies a couple of um you know little indie horror films which i love i love Ooh, which ones? gory I horror love. films same you okay so the first movie that i ever booked is called fog city it's my favorite because i get to play the antagonist yeah, i'm the super villain Ooh. i kill like 20 people it's so cool <laughs> how's the blood spray i'm a big blood spray Okay, so okay, so (laughs) the blood spray is great in Fog City. From what I've seen, the movie hasn't come out yet. Oh, so everything that I've seen is from ADR that we um, did about eight months ago. I don't know. That makes me feel better because I was like, "What a Fog City!" And I like to think I know every (laughs) horror movie. (laughs) No, damn. Um, But then there was another one called Circus Kane that I did with uh, Jonathan Lipnitsky and uh, Cameron Jibo, and uh, there it was a great cast. But I acted it as a horror film. They cut it as a comedy. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there at the premiere. I'm like, oh, I'm cringing at myself. I always cringe at myself when I watch myself anyway, because it's like, who wants to stare at their face? And, and you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough industry, especially when you have to stare at yourself all the time. And the blood spraying was, there was this moment where someone had to get their head sliced off in front of me. 
and I have to stand there screaming for a good 30 seconds. And uh, it's just a constant stream. There's no yes. spray. It's like a hose. Someone turned a hose on yeah. and I'm like, ah, and it's going directly into the back of my throat. It was it was bad. So uh, the bloodstream in Circus Kane, you you would not approve of. I, I would watch it for but comedic I do like relief. really cheesy special effects too. Like one of my favorite so movies is Poltergeist. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> and then, oh, you, you know that one? Yeah, yeah. I love that one. And then there's another one called The Bagman that the special effects people did. And it's like a, a short, but I think it's only 20 minutes and something like 50 people get killed in 20 minutes. And it's like a, a ballet of murder. So the conventional, I haven't, I never learned a lot in acting class, but what I did learn was that you're supposed to draw from your personal experiences for your work. Sure. I caught up on days in order to do this interview. And from what I've gathered, <laughs> you are currently trying to gather evidence to implicate your grandfather in the murder of your nemesis and your lover is in jail for committing that murder, even though he didn't do it and he's facing death row. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to exonerate your lover man by throwing your own grandfather under the bus. <laughs> Meanwhile, your mother, her entire body has been taken over by an evil princess via <laughs> microchip to the neck and you have not noticed. Yes. Uh, so be that as it may. God, this show is so good. Could you oh, imagine writing so this? so good. How how did you prepare to do all that? And is it the most fun ever in the history of time? It is, it is so much fun because, um, as you can tell, the situations are very far fetched. Uh, it's it's hard to relate from my personal experience. I've I would never imagine so. Had my mother, you know, sir, taken are you currently being inhabited by an evil prince via microchip? Only secretly. <laughs> Sidebar, Victoria's dad is here and we're yeah. thrilled. We're thrilled yes. to meet him. <laughs> you were saying. I was, um, yes, I was saying it's it's difficult to draw from personal experience with a show like Days of Our Lives because none of the characters go through anything that, that normal people would find, you know, conventional. Um, so I, I, I just... I, I can't draw from personal experience. I just throw myself into the emotions completely. I break it down and I'm like, okay, well, this is all happening. But what is Sierra feeling? Because ultimately in human behavior, it's emotion, right? Um, that's what everything ties into. Poetry, music, um, every form of art is all, you know, connected to, to your heart and, and to your emotions. So that's where I tried to draw my inspiration from. Um, and yeah, you know, preparing, you just, you read with your co-stars. I'm lucky to have such incredible co-stars that, uh, are, are great to react off of because the key to doing all this is to just listen and, and, you know, react. And it seems so simple until you're in the situation until someone says, Oh my God, your mom's been taken over by an evil princess via microchip in the neck. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> you, can't laugh at it. you know, you can't laugh at it. So you gotta, you gotta take it as seriously as possible. Um, <laughs> it's just so good it's so good but also on top of that you know another acting technique that i've learned is you know the personal his allow the personal history of the character to guide you yeah i remember when your character was born it was a scant 12 years ago right and your character has undergone what is known as soap opera rapid aging syndrome yes she has where they they send the young child away and then she comes back ready for romantic storylines much right. sooner than she should have. And you know what's kind of gross? So the character, uh, Ben, who is my love interest yes. now, 
little Lauren Bowles, baby Sierra had a scene with him and he is, you know, he's the same actor. He looks the same. He is the same age, but Sierra's five in it. And he's like, hey, Sierra or whatever. And it's like, hey, Ben. <laughs> Lo and behold, like four soap opera years later, they end up having this it's giant It's like in love Twilight yeah. when the baby yeah. has, has rapid aging, yeah. soap opera rapid aging syndrome. It's kind of gross. But so they just <laughs> yeah. age your character, all the other ones. The other are character didn't rapid age and hers did because he was already a grown ass man. Yeah. So crazy. Right. Shouldn't they rapid age him as well? But no, because if they did that, then, then the character of Ben be- would have been 40 when Sierra was 18. And right. You know, we're not judging, but you know, they just got to switch it up. <laughs> yeah. So you just got to imagine that you have some kind of opposite Benjamin Button disease. Or something. <laughs> yes. Um, man, it must it must be it must be hard. And yet somehow so fun. Mm-hmm. It just looks like the most fun thing in the entire world. For as long as theater has existed, melodramas have been super popular. Yeah. Like the entertainment of the people. That's what we want. But I also feel like soap operas have this kind of stigma attached to them. Totally. Like they're like the same one that romance novels do. Romance novels like single-handedly keep publishing alive and yet they get such a bad rap because they're primarily enjoyed by women, mm-hmm. I feel, and people dismiss culture that is preferred by women. Mm-hmm. Um even though the audiences that they draw are absolutely massive and are not only women, but it's because it's like somehow associated with women that it's considered low art. That's my feeling on it. What are the benefits and drawbacks in your view of being a soap star as opposed to just being an actor? Yeah. Um, yeah. The drawback is definitely the stigma that uh, it holds, you know, when people hear soap star, Oh, I'm an actor. Oh, what have you been on? Oh, I'm on a soap opera. They kind of, they kind of look down and they don't really respect me or take me as seriously. Which is so rude because you get it's, that you could have that job for a fucking forever. Right. There are an incredible amount of benefits. Um, one being that you can have a steady job for a very long time. Two, the training we get is unbelievable. I I feel like I've learned more being on the show for the past two years than I have my entire life in acting. Um, We work in such a fast-paced environment. We are capable of filming up to three episodes a day. 70 pages per person a day. No other actor has had to go through that and I can say that firsthand on a movie I remember um, looking back and uh, I did a a film and the director was worried about doing 16 pages a day whereas on our schedule we have you know 150 pages a day so it's it's it it teaches you to move quickly it teaches you to be very quick on your feet and to get it done Um, we barely get rehearsal time we do it in one take and move on you know that the the stakes are really high there's a lot of pressure and being on a soap opera really gives us the tools to deal with that so when we do go forth into the world and and pursue other projects we're capable of handling it like absolute badasses um also you know given that the material is far-fetched it is difficult to perform sometimes um and and being on the soap opera teaches you how to do that. How how can you go into a room and seriously talk about, you know, a chip, you know, again with a chip. <laughs> you're loving it over there at the end of the table. I hear giggles. I love going back to the chip. My mother is a princess. <laughs> An via evil chip. Princess. An evil princess. Yeah, so it's 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 difficult to to talk about that and and to ser- and to take it really seriously as the actor. Half the time I, I do want to crack up, but you 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 shift your head into a gear that's like Okay, it's game time, and it's uh, it's it's truly motivating, and and I can't wait to pursue another project and just own it. Yeah, it's like one of those things where 
having such an environment like that when you go into your next big feature film you're gonna be like running laps around everybody yeah. else on the set yeah i can't wait you're on set every day with people who've been in an ensemble cast for like 30 years yeah John and Marlena are still in there. That's Patch and so Kayla are insane. still. They're still there. In there. Hope um, is there. Hope is there. Um, oh, Jack and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. When oh, I turned it on and I still saw them, I was like, wow, they're all still there. Yeah. Uh, Roman is still there behind yep. the bar being like, Salem. That's, <laughs> that's Salem for you. <laughs> is it? Like, I can't even imagine coming in. Like you've been there for two years and, two and acting now, yeah. among people who've been acting for together as a group for longer than you've been alive. Yeah. Like how are they in terms of have, welping, welcoming new blood into the fold? Uh, everyone was different. Um, Hope Christian Alfonso, she was incredibly welcoming um you know being that i played her daughter she actually had a large part in the casting process so she she definitely gave her opinion um seven or eight actresses auditioned with me and and she felt the most chemistry with me and uh she took me under her wing and for two weeks she showed me around you know the studios uh she navigated me through everything she taught me all about sierra's history and about her relationship with Bo and her relationship with hope and and everything that's happened to her. So she really uh, took well to me. And um, I love her very, very much. That's so sweet. Yeah. And she looks the same. She's <gasps> so what beautiful. Is deal? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, this woman eats just like I do. She eats cookies. She eats pizza. She eats everything. And she's just this, this, she's so, she's so beautiful. And the thing is, her beauty externally pales in comparison to to her spirit and her energy she's always the one that comes in and no matter what mood she's in she says good morning everybody in this amazing soothing voice it's like a febreze commercial (laughs) it's truly the best and she goes good morning everyone okay good night everyone see you tomorrow she's just so chipper and happy to be there day after day every day for freaking 40 years like so inspirational as 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 a human to just look at her and be like i want to be like you when i grow up is it difficult to sort of plan for the future about yes. how long you want to stay and yes it is difficult um i i am in a place right now where i am hungry to look for other projects um it's just that the contract makes it so difficult because some casting directors don't even want to see me they'll look at my work and they'll say yeah she's great but she's under contract we don't want to work around that because it's a whole oh. money thing it's a budget thing it's a well we need to schedule it here because it's cheaper here and it's not worth it to hire her if she can't you know work on these days so it's I, I, I won't even get seen on, on 70% of the auditions that my agents get for me. Mm. Um, and that's difficult because I feel like in a way I'm missing out on opportunities, even though I'm in this great opportunity right, right now. So it's like, ah, how do, how am I supposed to feel about this? I don't know. Yeah. You would think that now that where things are shot, like so sort of like gonzo style and, and like you're in LA all the time, right? like, and you're not, your character isn't in like the midst of like every scene of the show. There's so many characters or so many storylines that you would be able to, that people would go out of their way to work around your schedule. One would think, but there are thousands of other girls who look just like me and are, you know, super talented that they can pick from that are completely available. But what you have that they don't have is the fan base of days of our lives, which is a literal army. True, especially the sin army. They uh they call themselves the sinners. 
It's uh, <laughs> my my couple name is Sin, Sierra and Ben. Oh, and they're the little sinners and they call themselves the sin army and they're adorable i love them uh, so much but um they're they're quite loyal fans they're i i didn't expect it like i i knew that the soap fans were were loyal and uh just because they've been watching the show for so long but then there are new soap fans that are 14 and 15 years old and they're like you know i watch the show with my mom and my grandma and i love you guys and it's 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 surreal dude it's crazy did you watch it before you were on it um funny funny story so my mother immigrated to america from poland and when she first came to america she uh watched days of our lives every single day to help her learn the english language because uh you know the show is very repetitive in terms of storyline because we air every day and if someone can't catch monday's episode if they watch tuesdays then they know what's going on um so she would watch the show. She learned the English language. Her favorite characters were Bo and Hope. Oh. Lo and behold, 30 years later, I'm Bo and Hope's daughter and she's flying to the moon. Like, Is she so psyched? She's so, so psyched. I took her to set one day and she almost cried when she met Deirdre Hall, Marlena. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, my so God. Cute. She freaked out. Sidebar. Our luscious recording engineer, Logan Del Fuego, emigrated to uh, our shores from Puerto Rico, and he learned the English language by watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure over and over again, which is why he has a charming California accent, even though he grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I love that. You must be so stoked for the remake. (laughs) (laughs) You started telling me a little bit, but I'm so interested in what, a typical day and a typical week on set is like for you. I want to know things like how long do you have to memorize your lines? How fast is the shooting schedule? Are there weeks when you're there every day and weeks when you're not there at all? How much do you interact with the rest of the cast? Um, How much time do you get off? And I so want to know what kind of craft services they have going (laughs) on over there. We have no craft services. What? 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 That's what What? I said when I joined the show. I said, okay, where's crafty? They said, we don't have crafty. We have a coffee station, which is just a little coffee pot, which the coffee is not half bad. Um, I'm a I'm a coffee snob, so, but I'm also like not a coffee snob. I, I'll do gas station coffee. That honestly tastes the best to me. Yeah, I like gas um, station over Starbucks for sure. Yeah, right? That's a Brooklyn thing. It has to be. <laughs> um, because no one in California does gas station coffee. I can't even get a gas station coffee in a gas station. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's it's so absurd. It's disappointing. Um. But yeah, so my th- there are some some weeks where I, I only show up for uh, one or two days. But recently they've been using me a lot. And I can't talk about storyline because we're like mm-hmm. eight months in, in, yeah. you know, ahead. Uh, oh, that's, that's how, how quick we shoot. Had? Yeah, Whoa. we shoot eight months ahead. And we're the only soap to do that. All the other soaps go four, three months ahead because they uh, wait for fan feedback to continue with the story. But we just, we do You're our just like, thing. We're just going like, to go crazy. This, if you don't like it, then watch the weeks of our lives. <laughs> um, but yeah, so recently they've been using me a lot. So it's Monday through Friday. That's exciting. I can't, uh-huh. it's, it's also exhausting. Let me oh, tell you yeah. why. Right, so you get there. At- so yeah, so we get there, get there at like 5.45, 6 o'clock. Um, I'm, I'm usually running five minutes late. Sometimes we'll have a wardrobe fitting um, in the morning so I'll go in and I'll try on clothes for about five minutes I'm very quick and easy I really don't care what I wear too much Um, I trust the wardrobe designer so whatever he brings in I'm like yeah that that looks great great and I continue on with my day then I go in the hair and makeup chair an hour each 
Then we go on set to block. Um, this is where the director tells us our movements in relation to the lines. So we don't really get to run the lines or do the emotional, you know, rehearsal aspect of it. It's just we go out there with our scripts and a pen and it's he tells us, okay, you move to the bed on this line, then you turn around, then you go to the ground and you do the Macarena. And <laughs> um, uh, then we go back to doing hair and makeup. Um, that's the, the hair and makeup room is, is our social hour, I guess. It's it's where we can either run lines. Um, I prefer not to do it in there because it's so hectic and there are hair dryers going around and it's the fluorescent lights are just horrible. It puts me in such a bad mood. So I'd rather not you know, focus on the work there. I w- I'd like to go downstairs where I can take time and center myself. Um, downstairs is where all the dressing rooms are. So after, do hair, you have your own dressing room or do you I share? I do have my own dressing Aww, room. It's painted yeah. dark red and it has Christmas twinkly lights everywhere. It looks oh, like a cocktail cute. lounge. Nice. I love it. Yeah, it's so cute. Over time, I've personalized it, so now it looks like a like a teenager's bedroom with posters on the wall. But you know, it's it's still great. It's it's when my you visit home. each other's dressing rooms. Is it like going to each other's little mini houses? Yeah, That's yeah, fun. it is. It is. Um, and so yeah, we'll decide whose dressing room we want to run lines in and. And we we do it with um, our onset acting coach, Maria. She's phenomenal. Um, sometimes she'll have time. Sometimes she won't. She gets in at eight o'clock, but we start shooting at 845. So uh, it's it's really hectic. Um, and yeah, and so we'll run our lines. We'll we'll get dressed. We'll do what we need to do. Drink our coffee, drink our water, go and to the how, bathroom. How long before you're sh- shooting did you get your lines? It depends. Some the long uh, five. No, that's a lie. Three three days in advance. That's the longest. Usually oh. we get them very. Yeah, I memorize my lines the night before. Oh my god! So I'll go to the gym. I'll go on the stairmaster. I'll have my lines in front of me, and I'll kill two birds with one stone. When I'm focusing on the lines, I don't even realize that I'm exercising. So all of a sudden, I've you know exercised for forty minutes, and my lines are done, and I feel great. And then I go home and I sleep. Oh. Um. Yeah, I, I, I would a, suck at that. I smoke too much weed. I would not be. <laughs> it would take me three years to get one <laughs> to page. Get one page. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, I, I've realized that I have somewhat of a photographic memory. I just wow. thought that that's how everyone memorized their lines. Um, but I can sort of close my eyes and like see where the words are on the page. And and I realized that not everyone has that, that, that gift, so to speak. And, and, and yeah, so it, I do it the night before also because I'm not the actor that likes to overwork the material. I don't like to read it over and over and over again and, and let it be dry. I like to, to find the fresh aspects of, of, of everything that's going on. Um, so I, I save it. I save it for the day of and then I work through it with my partner because that's what it's all about. It's all about the other person and reacting off of them, listening to what they have to say and and doing your job based off of what kind of a job they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, you said that like when I'm seeing you on screen, you've done that scene like once or twice in front of the not camera. Not twice, once. Once. One time. Like it's are there circumstances take. where there's more than one take? Yeah. Uh, I... They they don't like when I do this, but sometimes um, when I don't like the way a scene is going and, and I don't feel connected to it and I find myself thinking, I'll just go, fuck, in the middle of the take. <laughs> and they have to cut. They're like, okay, cut, back to the top, Victoria. I'm like, sorry, I forgot my line. <laughs> um, so that that's a little cheat sheet that, that I use. Um, are there you know, cue so, cards? There are no cue cards. We're not allowed to have cue cards. They make too much noise. Whoa. Yeah. 
So sometimes, um, sometimes we'll have to redo a shot if the lighting is off or if we see a boom shadow or if someone messes up their line, we'll redo the entire thing or they'll just say, okay, we're going to take it from this line and then the stage director actions us and then we take it from, from the line that the producers deemed it was necessary to take it from. Um, but yeah, typically what you see 99.9% of the time, what you see is what you get. We go up, they say action, we shoot it, they say, great, moving on. Wow. It's like Dark Shadows when the wall yeah. fell in. Yeah, <laughs> My favorite uh, soap of all time is Dark Shadows, which started at the same time as as days but sadly it did, did. uh-huh but it didn't uh-huh. last as long was that the one about the the witchcraft one. Mm-hmm. yeah i want li- i like the idea of that one it's i want on amazon that. i want to be a witch it's so <laughs> it's literally the best Ron, you would love if you're it listening to this i want to be a witch <laughs> they could just make you a witch and be a vampire come on totally if marlena can in. be a panther i can be a Sierra witch guys. can be a witch totally. let's make it happen but there was one she gets witchy 2020 <laughs> I, yes. I, 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 let's start it as a hashtag um but the episode on i think it's happened more than once on, on dark, dark shadows, shadows where uh, they leaned on the stones have fallen over they've leaned on walls that have collapsed there's boom <laughs> there's boom in the shot constantly <laughs> they do not stop they can't stop won't stop oh. <laughs> dark shadows for life that's great yeah but i didn't know that that it was still like that yeah amazing that's so wild do you have any time for yourself outside of work the weekends um and i do i, I do take that i love i'm i'm 100 polish but i'm like latin at heart super latin at heart so i i go to this uh weekend extravaganza called altuntun in los angeles and uh it's just salsa night at a different um, club every night. So instead of doing the whole LA club scene, they transform it and it feels like you're in Spain or Mexico or Argentina and it's it's so lovely. So that's how I, I like to spend my free time is salsa dancing. And you have friendship it. times and stuff out there? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I do, I'm, I, I make it sound so hard. No, I definitely have time for myself, but it is difficult. My friends can attest to that. They'll they'll tell you that I rarely ever have time to spend with them. And what time do you sucks. get off? Do you get home normally? Uh, it depends. There have been days where I get home by 12 and that's awesome. Um, but recently I've been getting home at like 6.37. So I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of the house from 5 to 7 and I have a poor puppy at home that's oh, waiting for me. What's and your like, puppy's name? Lola. Oh. Her name was Lola and yes, she was a showgirl. Oh. <laughs> um. I'm not sure if you're allowed to answer this question, but I was suspicious about the fact that between November and December, uh, your evil mom chucked Jennifer out a window and then all of a sudden it was a year later. Did that jump in time have anything to do with the contract negotiations going on at days and like questions about who would be coming back and who would not be coming back. Right. Um, no, because huh. all this contract negotiation stuff that came up in TMZ all of a sudden recently. And made people so terrified. I called made my pe- mother. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could see the look on her face as she said that. I was concerned. <laughs> and rightfully so. You know, we were all concerned too. We had no idea what was going Many on. Many of us have never lived in a world without days of our lives. Yeah, I definitely haven't. Um, <laughs> Uh, they they love keeping us in the dark, so we were we were uh, a little concerned too. But um, like I, I I I said before, we shoot eight months in advance, so this time mm. jump was just the writers making a ballsy move. They were uh. just trying to do something that has never been done in soap operas before, which is jump you know a year ahead of schedule. 
Um, and then it, it was fun because none of the actors knew that we were jumping a year ahead of time when we got the script. It's not like, like they gave us a what? memo. Wait, what? Yeah. what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> they didn't explain anything. It's just all of a sudden Sierra wakes up and, and you know, she's in a CEO outfit and, and she's the titan of industry now. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This, yesterday I was all kissy kissy with the mister. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and now he's in jail. <laughs> and now he's in jail. And it's like, what happened? Who, what, when, where? And it was so funny because our head writer, Ron, he came to the studio because he writes in New York. Uh -huh. um, sends the scripts in from New York. So he came to the studio. When he's there, we're all like, what's up, dude? Because he's never there. Um, and he just wanted to see our reactions. That's why he came. He just <laughs> so wanted awesome. to see. He was like, so what do you think? And we're like, what? What are you doing to me, Ron? He's like, the time jump. We're like, yo, we went a year ahead. He had to explain it to us because some of us still didn't know. But uh, once we started putting two and two together, it was really fun. Um, they they do a good job at, at creating flashbacks to help explain what happened in that year. Mm -hmm. But there, there's still the element of mystery in that a lot of it is unsolved and a lot of it is never brought to light. So uh, it's 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 really cool. Um, and to answer your question, finally, no. <laughs> it, uh, no, the answer is no. It Had did not have to anything do. to do with the contracts. <laughs> um, soap opera fans are notoriously intense. Yeah. What have your interactions with your fans been like? Have any been especially cool or especially uncool? I, and do people mail you things? Like back in the day you would see Deirdre Hall with like surrounded by bags of fan mail or is it all digital now? Um, I have not received a single piece of digital fan mail. I think that they like to um, respect our privacy. And so they don't like I, I haven't gotten an email. Um, I haven't gotten anything uh, in terms of though Instagram and, and Twitter that that counts. Fan, that counts. Yeah. Then I get a, a ton of fan mail that way. Um you know, I, I do get they the fans love to send us gifts for Christmas and for our birthdays. And that's oh, always that's really cute. sweet. Is it your birthday or the character's birthday? My birthday. <laughs> but like they'll send me a card. They'll be like, hey, happy one year anniversary of Sierra. And I'm like, I didn't even know that I had my one. Like, thanks for so reminding me. And now I have this. I'm really I'm a sentimental bitch. So I just <laughs> I have a box with like memories and letters that everyone has ever sent. Like my fifth grade boyfriend, like he wrote me a post-it note once and I have it in I that like box. That, totally. Um, and so now my box is filled with beautiful, you know, handwritten cards from the fans reminding me how long I've been on the show. And it just makes me so freaking grateful. But yeah, they'll send me. And the thing is, when they send me stuff, it's stuff that I actually like and, and will use. Like they pay attention to my social media and the things I say in an interview. Like if I say, oh, I like I like uh, gas station coffee. They'll, they'll mail me a cup of gas station coffee, <laughs> you know, like they're they're so intense when it comes to that. They pay attention and uh, they care and they're really cool. But I do have a handful of uncool ones that like I don't know who this person is, but like sometimes they, they just they take it too far and uh, they bring my family into it and they start, you know, talking to me as if I am their family and they talk to my family as if they know me. And it's a. Uh, they can get really intense because I think they confuse the soap opera with real life. Yeah. Because they see me every day. Every day. They think that they know me and they think that they can have access to me. But in reality, I only show them what I want them to see in terms of Instagram. No one really knows anything about my life. I, I keep it all very private. Um, I, I let people believe what they want to believe. But yeah, it, it's 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 hard because it's an everyday kind of thing. and And they get so 
they they develop a personal connection with Sierra and then, you know, create stories about me and like like my mother has gotten a letter saying like I I need, you know, I need you to put Victoria Conifal in rehab because she's, you know, doing drugs and I'm like that's that's not true and my mother does not need to be reading those things like and I yeah. had to explain it to her cuz she's not used to the whole fame thing like I barely am if I can call it that if I can consider, you know, what I'm going through fame but uh I had to explain to her to not take it seriously. You know, they can be really uncool. And those guys, like, I don't want them to be my fans. Like, straight up, like, New York, no, like, L.A. bullshit. Like, yeah. don't be my fan. Don't watch me. I don't I don't like you. Leave my mother alone. Yeah, Leave definitely. Brittany alone. Like, don't <laughs> talk to me and my family. Um, but the cool ones, you guys are cool. So stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> stay cool. Oh, man. Five years ago, you were crowned Miss Poland USA. Hey. Mm. was i not supposed to know it <laughs> no you totally were because it's everywhere but it's it's just something that i'm so over oh, right. <laughs> well, no we can talk about it i actually love talking I, about it i've always viewed beauty, beauty pageants as like being sexist and regressive however we just did a story recently about like all these different people who were using pageants and the pageant system as like this unlikely platform for activism in all these different ways mm-hmm. it really started turning my mind around on it but i'm still not sure about it you seem like a very modern woman sure and i'm wondering what your view is on pageants from the inside especially having won one like should they <laughs> exist should they be like a blight that was removed from the earth yes all right so this is this is why i joined this pageant are we ready yes i'm polish my mother's polish i come home from school one day and she said honey I submitted you into the Miss Polonia pageant. I said, really? She said, yeah. And I said, okay, great. This should be fun. I didn't take it seriously. I showed up in a leather jacket and a black dress. Everyone was, you know, in pink and had glitter and all this shit. And I'm like, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go in, do my thing, do it for my mom. It was fun, you know, to be there, to be surrounded by Polish people and to get close to my Polish heritage. That's primarily why I wanted to be a part of that. Um, and that's probably why your mom entered you, right? Yeah, she just wanted to be proud of me. Um, so, I mean, not that she isn't proud of me, but she just wanted to, you know, just show me off. She's a very, she's like the European Sofia Vergara. So she's very like, <laughs> you know, everyone needs to look at, you know, her and, and everything that she's doing. So she put me in the pageant and um, I got accepted. Like I said, I didn't take it seriously. At one point, I even misstepped. I walked out on stage when it was some other girl's turn and I like looked at the judges and I made a oop face. I went, oop, sorry. <laughs> and I went back. I did not expect to win. And then they call me for first place and I almost laughed. I'm like, really? Seriously? The girl who just ooped on the stage? <laughs> out of here, so I won. My family's out there going crazy. Um, it was definitely an honor. And, and I got to participate in some great things to connect me to my Polish heritage in terms of like being in the Polish Day Parade in Manhattan. We were like on oh, Fifth so Avenue. Oh, did you to be like in a car, like doing the wave and no, stuff? I got a float, girl. Yes. I got a, yeah, I got a float and a crown. And little children were waving to me saying, hi, princess, in Polish. Oh, that's and I'm so like, cute. No, stop. This makes me so happy. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't. Um, I, I also got to um, do some charity work with the Polish Marine Ball. Um, that was really fun. But in terms of, of my motivation, I wasn't motivated. I didn't decide to be in the pageant. It was decided for me at a young age. You know, I was however old. I don't even know, 17, 18. So I didn't, I didn't want to do it. Didn't object to it because I thought it might be something fun to do. 
Um, I did have to prance around in a bikini. That's not cool. Um, the interview, the interview questions lasted for five minutes. It was basically about looks and, uh, that just is gross to me. I think that we as a society weigh too much on looks in general, not even like, even when someone's like, well, everyone is beautiful. It's like, okay, well, why are we even talking about who's beautiful? Can we talk about who, who's, who's a good person? Like, why can't we talk about that? So I'm kind of against pageantry. Um, if you do it and it's your passion, you know, gung ho, good, good for you. I'm, I'm happy that you found something that makes you happy. I just don't care for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I had that initial reaction when you told me I was crowned because enough. I'm not a pageant girl. I did but not I mean was, to imply, won but at, at one point you tried it once and you won. Yeah, so. I did it. So it's weird, you know, so there that, is that. that they're it's under out there 18 and they're putting them in bathing suits. Right. That's Let's talk. just seems so gross. Yeah. Victoria Conifal, are you a feminist? Hell yeah, I'm a feminist. Well, all right. Love this answer Tell all the time. Tell me about how your work in soaps has informed your feminism. Has your feminism grown or changed in any way as a result of you becoming a daytime TV star? It's definitely grown. Um, in terms of, of what is written, actually, as well, um, you know, uh, our, our writing team is made up of, of men, primarily um so when they write for a woman oh shoot i can't talk about this basically okay oh my god all right <laughs> oh because i was about to leak such a big secret i can't do that oh well um, glad you caught yourself so essentially i was talking about how i was dieting right and i'm like i need to look good so i need to go on this crazy diet is literally what my line said oh and that's i walked what they in, wrote that's what they wrote for me and I walked in and I said, I'm not saying this. You can please tell the writers that we need to change it to I'm nervous and I can't eat or I have an upset stomach and I can't eat. Not I refuse to eat that because I'm on a crazy diet because I need to look good. What in the world? What in the name of the Lord? Like I can't. I, so, you know, that I've definitely made a point to never let Sierra fall victim to anti-feminist views. Um and there have been a couple scenarios where I need to change a couple lines. I'm like, no, like I, I get it. I get what the writers are trying to accomplish, but the way that it's phrased is just not okay with me. And I need someone to, to back me up on this. And they typically do. I love it. That must be such a tricky line to navigate. Yeah. yeah to push back against TV writers. It's doesn't sound easy. I salute I, I mean, you for doing it. I, I thank you. Thank you. I usually get Christian in my corner and, uh, you know, she's the princess. So <laughs> I feel she like if I need to, to get top, something right? done, I should ask Kristen Alfonso and she'll Definitely. know how to do she'll it. She'll get anything done for you. Yeah, she's a go-getter. So tell me, what are your hopes and your dreams and your plans for 2020? It's almost here. Ah, 2020. What's on your vision board? My vision board, man, is just to, to pursue my musical, my love for music once and for all. Um, I've always in my head wanted to perform and and. I've been teaching myself how to play piano and, and dabbling with writing music and, and I always have dabbled, but that's all it's ever gotten to is a dabble. I'm like, yeah, I'll come out with an album one day. Wink, wink, never gonna happen. No, I actually want to make it happen this year. I wanna sit down and and form something and it doesn't have to be good because the thing that's stopping me is being afraid of what other people think, but fuck what other people think. And that is like my motto. But for some reason, when it comes to music, I can't practice what I preach like I 
I feel like music is so raw and vulnerable because it's just you. It's it's your yeah, it's voice. Very personal. Yeah, you can't hide behind a character. It's it's your words and and your delivery and and it's it's just you and and the audience's ears, you know, and their hearts and and that's really vulnerable and that's scary to me. So I definitely want to overcome that little fear of mine and to just gain the confidence that I have for everything else in terms of music and just just sit down and do it. Um and I want to book I just want to book a good movie, something that I can sink my teeth into, a character that can, you know, represent an underrepresented uh member of our community. Um I don't care what it is. I just I want I want something difficult. I don't want the classic like you know, cheerleader, pretty girl next door. Cause I'm, I'm sick of those. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of seeing them and I'm sick of playing them. I want a gritty, either a period piece or, or something based on a true story. Like when they see us. Oh, um, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Jarrell was, was in it and he went to LaGuardia too and he just won an Emmy and I'm like, I'm freaking out about Yay. it. I love him so much. Um, but yeah. So that's, yeah, I just want, I want something that'll, ignite the passion that I have for acting again. We are going to take the briefest of breaks. And when we get back, Victoria's going to, we're going to ask Victoria and then Victoria's going to ask Callie and then Callie, hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed. will <laughs> ask me what you, what you watching. Hey, podcast fans. Did you know that the best place to listen to your favorite shows ad free is Stitcher premium? They've got Conan O'Brien needs a friend. My favorite murder Wolverine, the lost trail, Bitch Sesh, The Fantasy Footballers, Science Rules with Bill Nye, and more, all without commercial interruptions. And we can hook you up with a sweet deal. To get one month free, go to stitcher.com slash premium and use promo code POPTARTS. That's stitcher.com slash premium, promo code POPTARTS. Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project, and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be, and you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via WolfieVibesPublicity.com for details and quotes, and tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. Uh, essentially I started it because every female comedian I know was amazing and hardworking and hilarious and I knew would make great podcasts and every male comedian I know already had a podcast and was doing their own thing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate Moldenhauer, the founder of More Banana Podcasts, a comedy podcast network entirely produced, hosted, and led by women. Do you want to hear awkward sex stories told with no judgment? Hi guys, welcome back at Awkward Sex in the City. I do dabble with around the booty and the butthole. Okay, I like the dabble around the booty phrase. Dabbling, eating, whatever you want to do. We're all sexual people, so like everybody, you know, has their thing. And it was introduced to me years ago, and I was like, oh shit, this feels good, you know? And then, uh, do you secretly wish there was a show out there dedicated to studying bro culture? Hey everybody, welcome back to Sweet, a lady's guide to bro culture. One of, my, one of my favorite parts of the movie is that uh, Emily Ratajkowski has a crazy last name, but they still have to pronounce it every time. So it's a lot yes. of bros being like, oh, dude, Emily Ratajkowski, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, and they, oh, right. And even though the characters know her. What about a podcast for mental health and wellness that's hosted by two roller derby players? 
Welcome to Frau Pow, where your hosts, Odd and Rags. I think it was my psychologist that they talk to people with anxiety and depression and that they tend to watch the same TV shows or movies over and over again. And it's like a self-soothing soothing action. Because women are actually pretty versatile and funny. More Banana is a network of women's voices, unfiltered and uninterrupted. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts and learn about our growing roster of shows at morebanana.com. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Victoria, we want to know what you're watching. And when I say what you're watching, it is a very broad question. We're talking about movies, TV, books, music, music videos, podcasts, anything that you are consuming pop culturally. We want to know about it because it is probably cool. Victoria, what you're watching? Ooh, what I'm watching right now. Um, I just watched Ford versus Ferrari, which is a really great movie. Um, wasn't as exciting as I hoped it would be, but the acting was brilliant. Um, so I, I, I will recommend that What's for that? sure. I haven't heard about this. Uh, it's a movie with, um, Brad Pitt and oh my God, forgive me. Do you know? Do you know I don't know. It's who- slipping. It's, it's a true story based off of, um, Ford winning, a NASCAR racing cup for the first time and they beat Ferrari for the first time oh. in, in the world. And it's Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Thank oh. you very much. He's one of my favorite actors in the world. That's such a brain fart. It's because it's cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> I blame I blame the cold. It froze my brain cells. Um, Christian Bale, man, he did a great job and he got to experiment with that Welsh accent in the film. So I, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, and then Joker, that came out a long time ago, but I've been re-watching it because they sent me the screener and boy, oh boy, I love that film. I really liked it too. It I, was, I didn't it know yet. that I was going to like it as much as I did. <gasps> me too. I knew I was going to like it. I feel like you and I like the same kind of dark, grungy, like uh-huh. kind of stuff. The the growly. The, out, the outsider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The outsider stuff. Um, but he did, a, he did a great job in that film, man. Um, and then... In terms of what book am I reading? Oh, The Power of Now. I read that on the plane on my way over here. That's a great self-help book. I I, I love, I have a love-hate relationship with self-help books because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, well, don't tell me how to feel and, and what to <laughs> yeah. do. But I'm also like, wait, your guidance is really helping me. This feels great. <laughs> so like, read The Power of Now if you want. If not, totally fine. <laughs> Callie, what you watching? What have I been? Oh, I have Apple Apple TV Plus now. You fancy. I'm not sure how we didn't buy it. I don't know why I have it. Enjoy <laughs> it. But we get we can get all their like original things. Okay. So I've been watching the morning show, which got panned when it first came out. Everybody yeah, was like, I this saw that. It's so fucking good. I mean, it took a minute to get in the groove, but it's basically like a Matt Lauer type of situation. Um, and that character is played by what's his face? Um who usually just plays a comedian all the time from... Uh, oh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, which is really hard to adjust to seeing him just being a serious douchebag. It it just keeps getting better and better. And Jennifer Maybe Aniston is it. amazing in it. And Reese Witherspoon is great. And it's just... What a cast for a TV mm-hmm. show. I know, right? Um, then I'm watching um, this, this show called Servant on there, which is about, oh. Oh, so creepy. It's about this family, the mom, 
uh, they they had a baby that died. It doesn't really. I'm not really sure if the baby came to term or not, but uh-huh. dead baby, and the mom cannot fucking deal with it. She's totally snaps. So they get one of those realistic fake babies, mm. and she totally treats it like a real thing. And the dad is like this fucking fake baby pushing it around, and like he's very aware this is a doll, and like he's slinging it around when she's not there and then they hire a housekeeper i mean a nanny for the baby fake baby mm-hmm. because the mom's gonna go back to work and she's worried about fake baby real uh-huh. baby uh-huh. and then the servant's there for like a couple days and then it's a goddamn real baby what what do you mean what the Ooh. fake baby is gone real baby <laughs> is here and the mom and what what, what? <laughs> and the nanny are acting like like everything is the same because they were treating it like a real baby the whole time. And the dad is like, where the fuck did this baby come from? And he calls his friend and he's like, you see what's happening here, right? And the friend was like, who stole a baby? Whose baby is this? And so they're trying to figure out who fucking stole the that baby. That is terrifying. And where I'm at now, they think the it's just the the best friend and the the husband who are in reality. And they're like, she must have snuck it in in a suitcase. Is this Apple TV again? Yeah. Who's in this? This is wild. I don't. Uh, oh, um, the girl that played the daughter on Six Feet Under, Lauren Ambrose. Yeah, she's the crazy mom. I wow. haven't seen any before. Wow. It is. It's just that's it's messed up. So dude. much. It's so much. And then every time it comes on now, because I was just visiting first time we watched it, I was visiting my niece, and my little niece kept running around going, "I'm the baby." <laughs> <laughs> Crazy voice. Oh, to add another layer of weirdness like a baby comes on Camille yells that at me yeah i want to i heard about it and and i i can't i don't have apple plus tv Dad, but let's you get did apple say plus. that <laughs> if you put it out into the world that your fans sometimes deliver so oh victoria conafal fans <laughs> one of you guys has the hookup at apple plus have them send her some apple plus like uh subscription (laughs) yeah all right what have you been watching boo i'm so glad you asked okay well people listen to this this delightful interview that we've been having with victoria was supposed to happen yesterday Mm -hmm. however jenny miller and i were watching queen and slim (gasps) oh i saw that okay directed by melina matsukis written by lena waith very very suspenseful my friend Jenny Miller gave me a ginger chew. Things in that movie got so, so tense that I clenched my jaw so hard on the ginger chew that my crown came out. That is insane. My tooth came out because <laughs> I was watching Queen and Slim. And this interview had to be preempted because last night I was in the dentist chair getting my tooth put back in because that's how suspenseful Queen and Slim is. How are you that's feeling, my review. I'm feeling great. Thank you for asking. Good. And thank you for coming back the next day. No problem. <laughs> so I could interview with all my teeth. <laughs> So, yeah, if you're in for a movie with tooth-loosening suspense, Queen and Slim is for you. You know, it's it's controversial subject matter. Um, some people feel like our... I, I heard a very in- some very interesting feedback about the film from our online editor, Brianna, today, who was saying that she really loves... As a person of color, she really loves seeing romances by, for, and about people of color, but she hates that they all seem to 
bond over trauma. Yeah. And she I've wishes seen a lot of that this commentary going people on. of color could be in love without all of the trauma. Right. And I hear where she's coming from, but I, this is a great film. It's a fabulous film. Yeah. Um, I also have friends that we've spoken to about it, people of color, and uh, they said the same thing about when they see us, is that they know that they, they've heard it's good. They know that they want to watch it. They just can't muster up the courage to do so mm-hmm. yet, that it takes some time. Um, some friends of mine haven't even seen When They See Us yet, and that came out months ago, and I mm-hmm. keep telling them, I'm like, guys, it's great. I understand. They're like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, no, you're right. I don't. I have no fucking idea. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult subject. It's, it's a challenging subject to see, especially in a movie where it's portrayed so well and so realistically. Um, and it, it made me want to throw up. Like I had to take, I had to pause at some point and take a bathroom break because I told my friend Joelle, I said, no, like we can't, I, I need a second to breathe because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's too much. So yeah, warning on that movie. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Black Christmas. Oh, I saw yes. it. Um, I wanted to like it so much more than I did. I rewatched the OG recently. Right. I the screenplay is half baked, and there's a really good reason for that. So, Black Christmas is this slasher film that was written, co-written, and directed by Sophia Takal, who's a young woman filmmaker, and um, it's the second remake of the 1974 slasher movie Black Christmas, where like a bunch of sorority sisters get stalked and murdered at christmas um and this version has a sort of feminist twist in it well that one also had a feminist twist. yeah yeah the, it's abortion, the original one the abortion storyline this one doesn't even have an abortion storyline but it's still it still has feminist it's not even undertones overtones tones <laughs> but it's um it just seems like it, it was not ready for prime time as they say mm. and the reason is like it was done by Blum Blumhouse. Blumhouse? And Blumhouse is good at slasher films. Though. And mm-hmm. they put this they realized that there was going to be a Friday the 13th in December. Oh. And they realized it in June of this year, 2019. So in June 2019, they hired Sophia to call to both co-write and direct this movie. Okay, that was 6 months ago that she started writing the movie holy shit so then this fall she shot it in new zealand in 27 days oh and it's in the theaters now like for those of us who are like huh one day i'd love to have my own project this girl went from getting hired to write something to it being in the theaters in six months that's wild so that explains why it's kind of half-baked but I feel like that being the case, like she delivered a a movie. <laughs> it exists. You can watch it with your popcorn and your friends, which I did. And there were parts of it was like, whoa, uh. I was spray, what's the blood spray? I the blood spray was not sufficient. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stabbing and not a lot of splashing, which I know you would not have liked. I salute the effort. I feel like given more time, it could have been great. I also watched Castle Rock on Hulu. I'm a big Stephen King fan. I heard great things about it. I this. loved season one of Castle Rock. It's this great anthology. Well, no, it's not even an anthology. It's this series um, on Hulu where they take all the different characters and locations and settings and kind of put them all together in this multiverse, which is crazy. And like in Castle Rock, like all this stuff happened in Shawshank Prison in season one. 
And then in season two, which I just it just finished, um, Lizzie Kaplan, who formerly of uh, the cover of Bust Magazine fame, plays. Oh, Lizzie Kaplan's also in Truth Be Told. Right. She plays one of the twins. Um, she plays Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh. She plays a young Annie Wilkes. And you get this whole backstory of what was going on with her before that sounds awesome she uh so you can watch season two without season one right you can like there are things from season one that return in season two so it would be nice if you saw it but you don't have to and it's um it takes place in salem's lot and stuff like supernatural stuff from salem's lot happens and annie wilkes is in there and it's great i enjoyed it very much and I recommend it. And that is what I've been watching. Love it. Thanks so much to our producers, Kate Moldenauer and Jesse Karen at More Banana Productions. And of course, our luscious audio engineer, Logan Del Fuego. Logan Fuego. <laughs> Muy caliente, <laughs> Logan. Muy caliente. I, I, I. Victoria, thank you so much for coming. Where can our, our listeners find you on the socials? Oh, you can find me um, at Victoria Conifle, just a first and last name, pretty classic, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems, but at Rems Emily on the gram because someone stole my name on the gram. Because you were <gasps> slow creeping. Because I was slow creeping. Exactly right. You cannot find Callie on the socials. Don't, Don't even do cr- it. Try. She Get off my lawn. <laughs> is incognito on the socials. She's yeah, on there and so you will never I find do, her. I just, I just don't like that. Oh. But you can email both of us. <laughs> I'm at emilyrams at bust.com. I'm Callie W at bust.com. And you can learn more about the show at bust.com slash pop tarts. Also, while you're there, you can click on the button where you subscribe to our our newsletter and you get all kinds of like feminist pop cultural recommendations right to your inbox every week. Do it. Yeah. You'll try it. You'll like it. Uh, <laughs> you'll get the week of women, which is basically the pop culture come ups. Yeah. I'm doing it. You should too. It's fun. But most of all, most of all, we need you. We want you. We have to have you do this thing. And that thing is to like, rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I don't make the rules that it's the thing that you need to make your Pop-Tarts blow up. My vision board for 2020 is for us to crack a thousand. Can we crack a thousand people? Can we crack a thousand? There are multiple thousands of you listening to my dulcet tones right now, (laughs) yet just a scant few hundred of you have taken the time to like, rate, and review us on iTunes. It really helps us get the word out. We super duper appreciate it. If you do it and write to us at emilyrems@bus.com or calliewbus.com and say, hey, I'm Erica Badu lover 999 and I said you guys are the best podcast. And we go on there and we look and we see that you're there. We'll give you a free subscription to Bust Just Magazine. Like that. Ooh, like that's straight up bribery and we're willing to do it. <laughs> Work with us, people. You won't regret it. This has been a great show. We love you, Victoria. Thank you so Thank much for coming. Thank you so much awesome. for having me. Until next time. Brooklyn! <laughs> Brooklyn the house. <laughs>